I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the Ministry of Arts podcast and today I have a bonus episode for you lucky people. But firstly as ever our Patreon supporters, thank you very much guys. Without your support we would not be able to bring this lovely podcast to these lovely people. Because like most other podcasts you'll have a couple of minutes of adverts at the start, a couple of minutes at the end and in the middle you'll have a couple of adverts there as well. So we took the decision not to do that right from the very start, but the consequences of which we have to pay for everything ourselves. And that's where the Patreon supporters come in. Because after a couple of years of it being self-funded, it's now funded by the listener via Patreon. And if you like what you hear and you think you might be able to spare £3 a month, go over to Ministry of Arts profile page and you'll find a link tree drop-down box that'll give you all the links there you need. If you're able, that's brilliant. If not, absolutely no worries whatsoever. This content is free for everybody. But yeah, this week's guest is James Early. Now, James uses his work to raise awareness of issues such as homelessness, mental health and war. 
and he wants to make the invisible visible and he wants his art to scream and demand attention which it bloody does I can tell you so if you've listened to this podcast for a while you'll know that we're all about supporting the marginalised and a while ago for about 18 months I helped run an art group for the homeless and vulnerably housed in West London which really opened my eyes up to the fact that just like prison homelessness can occur to absolutely anyone it can be just an unexpected change of circumstance can just snowball and before you know it you can't make your rent you're evicted there's nowhere for anyone in crisis to go so it's park bench for you my old son but anyway rant out the way these are the invisible people that james wants to make visible and he does it in the most beautiful manner he produces large hyper-realistic oil paintings and elevates these homeless guys from the floor up onto the wall, making the viewer stand up and take notice of something society turns a blind eye to. Now, I've been aware of James's work for quite some time. We've spoke on several occasions and I've invited him onto the podcast. But it wasn't until I saw him a couple of weeks ago at the other art fair that I said again about him coming on. Well, I knew Roy's art fair was coming up and that James was going to be a part of it, so I figured, why not do it then? That way, we can promote the pair of them. Like most of the art fairs, they was all going to be showing around about March and April 2020, and obviously the pandemic hit. The affordable art fair just scraped through, but I know that Roy's and the other art fair, they got hit hard twice. And I know it was crippling for everyone, but Roy's hasn't got the financial backing and support that the other art fair has got. It's independent. So I know from first hand after speaking to the founder, Roy, and its manager, Will, that the struggle has been immense. It's on from the 12th to the 15th at the Barge House, which is in Oxo Tower Wolf on the South Bank. And it's free to enter. You can't get any better than that. And after listening to this podcast, you're going to want to go there yourself and meet James in person. Over the past few years, James has been like, James has been like a Pac-Man gobbling up awards. In 2019, he was awarded first prize at the prestigious London Biennale, the Giotto International Prize and the Leonardo da Vinci International Prize, as well as the Venice International Art Prize in 2020. And how about this? He's even been chosen by the European Cultural Centre to exhibit his work at the Venice Biennale in 2022. That's not bad for an artist who's self-taught, is it? But on top of all that, he's a bloody nice fella. But don't take my word for it. Come and join me when I spoke to James early over Zoom. Yeah, it's been, it's been busy, but it's been good. You know, I'd rather be busy. Mm. Just getting out there and seeing people again, you know, because I'm always in the studio. And um, so COVID didn't do a, the lockdown didn't really make a big change for me, you know. But then seeing people again, talking about art, well, it's great. I love doing that. Well, with that in mind, James, let's jump straight to the first question which yeah. is, um, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Um, I, I guess I'm a social realist artist. So I paint, I paint issues such as homelessness, such as poverty, such as war, victims of war. And really, my, the aim of my work is to try and make people aware of what's going on in the world. Mm. I want my work to, to scream, you know, I want my work to, if you walk past it, I want it to grab hold of you and punch you in the face. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want it to have an impact. 
And that's what I I really want to do. That's my aim, to make people aware of what's going on. Because there's some bad things going on in this world that we yeah. need to address. What's your association with homelessness? Well, um, a lot of my friends uh, ended up homeless, yeah. and they're from affluent backgrounds. And all sorts of reasons, drugs is a big thing, uh, mental health. So I know how easy it is to end up on the streets, you know, and yeah. I know it is to get off the streets. And it's easy enough for both of those subjects to to get a grip of you once they've entered your life, isn't it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, mental health is, is such a big thing, you know, it's, it's obviously in the news, it's massive, but it needs to be addressed, you know, and um, I talk to so many people on the streets who actually see the streets as an escape. Yeah. It's like their safe, their safety place, you know? They have to live with so much trauma at home in their childhood that they see it as an escape. And yeah. to me, that's just shocking, you know, that's just shocking. So if I can, again, if I can use my art to, to make these people visible, because at the moment, a lot of them feel they're invisible and to make these issues really stand out, then, then that's what I want to try and do. Ah, oh, it's perfect. When was your first series of portraits with the homeless? First series? Yeah. Well, that was, I did, um, I did an exhibition in Amsterdam. And that was the first ever time I'd shown um, homeless, uh, my, my homeless subjects, you know. And I was a bit nervous about it. You know, I'm, I'm quite, I don't know about you, but I'm always full of self-doubt. That's always... Oh, of course, everyone is. Yeah, you know, I went to, it's my first ever show, and it was in Amsterdam. And so I went to this group show, and I could see all the other work, and it was incredible. And I nearly, I nearly just walked out. I thought, I just couldn't do this. But <laughs> I was persuaded to do it, and I put my work on the walls. And, and the reaction was great. And the reaction was, you know, it was very emotional. So people would cry seeing yeah. the work. And, and a lot of things developed from that exhibition. Uh, one, of the per, one of the people who bought some of the artwork actually opened up a homeless centre in Amsterdam. After. So... You know, it, it had a huge effect on me, that exhibition. Uh, one that I was, I was told never to show, never to paint subjects of homelessness. That was always what I was told by galleries and other places. You know, it's not aesthetically pleasing. It's not a subject people want to see on their walls. But again, you know, talking about painting from your heart, you have to, you have to do what you feel is right. Yeah. To me, to get the reaction I did then, um, was was a dream was was great it was it made it all worthwhile and from then on I've, I've continued to do it and things have grown from that and homeless um, support has increased by people who bought my work um, and I, I, it you know it's, it's it's great that people are buying my work and if, when they buy it the money goes to a homeless charity as well excellent so, it all, it all seems to work well, you know. So what charity is that, if you don't mind me asking, James? I work with a charity in Watford called New Hope. Nice. They're a small charity, um, but they're very, very good. They, they're almost like a, rather than a huge group, it's almost like an individual charity whereby they, they look after individuals, you know, so that there's a face to them. Um, and, and I like that about them. They're really good. They're very supportive. And if I could help them in any way, then great. 
I also work with um, charities such as uh, Shelter um, yeah. and dealt with St Mongo's in the past. Nice. They're all brilliant charities that I'm, you know, proud to, to be working with. Excellent. Superb. And, uh, you know, we've spoke several times sort of in person. What I like when I see uh, uh, paintings of, of homeless guys is the fact that we're looking at them at eye level, whereas most of the time, you know, they tend to be the people that we walk past without even noticing, even though they're uh, possibly the only person in the street, you know? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, there was a survey done in the US recently, and uh, I think they interviewed 5,000 homeless people in the US, okay, I think in New York. And they were given four options. You could either have some money, or you can have some alcohol, or you could have food, or you could have a conversation. Brilliant. The winner was, I think about 90% of the time, it was conversation. You know, people just wanted to be seen and be part of the human race to be yeah. talked to, to have a chat with someone. And um, I find that, and I agree with that completely, you know, the reaction you get when you talk to um, a homeless person, when you get down to their level, when you sit down with them, um, it's, it's great, you know, and that's all they're, they're after. You know, they the, the, the feeling of being invisible really does hurt. Yeah. And I can see that. I can see why it would. Near where I, I live in East, Essex, East London, and um, to get to our nearest underground station from, you have yeah. to go, you know, through an underpass. And there was a guy who was staying down there. He just had a, a big double mattress. I was saying to him that I do podcasts as well as being an artist. And we were talking about podcasts. During the conversation, um, I mentioned about, it, you know, it might be a good idea to do one with homeless guys to get their um, backstory, you know, up until today. Possibly associating it with a charity, you know, or just yeah. handing it to them. But I thought that'd be good just to give them a, a voice, you know. When I, I did the other art fair, in um, uh, Shoreditch and I yeah. met this lady there called Audrey Gillen and she worked for the BBC and she did a podcast about two homeless people a couple called Tara and George so you could listen to that and it's a fantastic podcast uh, podcast it really is so it's about the two homeless people they live in London um, and it's about their story it's, it's an artistic link to it because, do you know the artist Gilbert and George? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gilbert and George see them every day, these two homeless people, and give them food and stuff, and they're yeah. really good things about it. So, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's a great idea to do that. I think it is. The more you can make people aware of what's going on out there, the, the better. Yeah, people, people don't know. I, I listened today about homelessness in America. Do you know the average age of a homeless person in America? Like any idea of the average age? I don't know. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to throw it right down. Now you've said that, like nineteen. It's nine. Fuck off. No, it's true. It's nine. Shit. Yeah. One in ten kids in uh, New York are homeless. Wow, that's scary, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Letting people hear the story of these guys, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it just makes them aware, doesn't it? You know, everyone's got a backstory. Most of the time, they haven't gone on the streets just through um, through choice, you know. No, as I said, it's a lot of it is through necessity. It's through it's an escape, you know. And uh, 
I don't, I, if I was in their situation, if I had to do and cope with what they had to cope with as a kid, then I would do exactly the same. Yeah. And if, if I needed to, to take drugs to escape, then again, I would, I would do it. I don't begrudge them because who am I to judge? You know, who are we to judge? We don't know what they've been through. What's yeah, going no, on? Of course. Of course. Did you always have art at home growing up, James? Yeah, I I had art at home. My mum loved art, so art was a big thing. Um, I found art as a um, an escape as a kid. I don't know if you find that when you when you create, you know, you go to another world. No, I do now. I didn't. I didn't have art as a as a kid in my life. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't. It, it, it was. It was just a hobby, you know. It was something that you did. To, it, we we lived in a in a in a house that was uh, full of kids, and uh, it was quite noisy and volatile. Uh, nice. So for me, art was always an escape, you know. And it still is, you know. It's still there. But uh, yeah, I went. I didn't follow my dreams of art. I went into to law and business, and um, spent about twenty years doing that unfortunately. What was the bridge from law and business back into art? Okay, well, again, this is really quite deep, but um, I always knew that I, I wanted to be an artist, always, from a very early age. I loved art, you know, the magic of art. Uh, and every time I would go to bed at night after working in an office, you know, for 20 years, it, I thought to myself, that's another day wasted, you yeah. know? Yeah, and um, I think that when you get to a point whereby you're cheating yourself, you're not doing what is really in your heart. It does catch up with you, you know. You either have a breakdown or you have a heart attack, you know. Yeah, yeah. In this life, you're meant to do something. It's there inside you. You've got to follow your dreams, and if you don't, that's when the trauma occurs. And um, my, my little girl was born at 23 weeks, very premature. She was in hospital for seven months. Um, and that was quite a scary situation. And I turned to art then, you know, I turned to art. Um, and then I realized that that was saving me. That was keeping me sane. That was what I loved doing. That was my passion. And so I decided to quit work and, um, Eventually, my daughter was well. She came home and we decided to leave the UK. And uh, first time, uh, one weekend, we went to France. Never been to France before. And we bought a house and we bought a car. And oh, wow. Yeah, so it was like, it was a big change. You know, it was a huge change. And uh, what I don't year was that? That was 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah, so not too long ago. Yeah. So um, it, yeah, it was it was it was it was big because I was in a job whereby the money was was good, um, but I was so unhappy. Whereas now it's the opposite, you know, money's not great, but I'm I've never been so happy. I I, I never found a direct correlation between being wealthy and happy. To me, the worst times of my life was when I was financially all right. So I don't really care about that. Now, as long as I can feed my kids, as long as they're happy, then then I'm happy, you know. It's a nice feeling, Rev. Obviously, you'd like, uh, you know, <laughs> a bit more money coming in. But other than that, I'm pretty fine. 
artworks, James, which piece that you've created has got the strongest emotional connection? Well, I created a painting a couple of years ago called The Place of the Skull. Okay, and it's about um, the uh, war in Iraq. Um, it's about the fact that 500,000 children have died as a, as a result of that war through bombings and sanctions. And I wanted to create a painting that was that showed the effects of war on kids. So it's very traumatic painting it, really traumatic. And I showed it and I was a bit worried about the response, but the response was good. And uh, I think a lot of people um, that I now know who are interested in that particular artwork uh, are now researching what's going on in Iraq and trauma uh, nice. the that these people have had to go through. And could you explain the painting itself? Yeah, in the background, mm. there's, there's three hooded figures, okay? And do you, have you heard of a prison called Abu Ghraib Prison in Iraq? No. Okay, well, Abu Ghraib Prison was a prison whereby it was on the news because um, the local Iraqis were taken into this prison if there was any doubt that they were terrorists or whatever, and they were tortured um, by the American soldiers. And it was, again, it was a big thing on the news and the, the Americans got into a lot of trouble about it. Um, so that's in the background of the painting. And in the foreground, uh, three um, figures who are traumatized by the, the bombings. Um, so it's not the happiest of paintings, you know, but it's, um, it's a painting that I feel needed to be done. I'm glad I did it. And I love, I love doing it, you know, I love painting it. Yeah, the, the emotions and artwork stirs up shouldn't always just be pleasant, I don't think, should they? No, no. Again, as I tried to say before, is it, to me, you have to be rigid. You have to, you have to not compromise and you have to just paint what you feel is right. You paint from your heart. As I said, it's a direct line from your heart to the canvas. You can't deviate. So if you feel you need to paint it, then you, you paint it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in a bit of a quandary myself with the art that I produce because I'm a big believer that there should be more humour in art. And I see myself as being quite a humorous type of person. You know, I don't take life too seriously. But all of the art that I create is unhumorous. I was going to say serious then. It isn't always serious, but it's, it's never... It, it doesn't reflect me as a whole. It just ref my artwork just reflects one side of me, and um, yeah, I'm, I think I should take conscious measures to um, try and adjust that. You know, you know, it's, it's sometimes in life, I guess, when you go through different periods, your artwork does reflect that. You know, different well, emotions. Who knows? I'm yeah. not. We've all got these walls, haven't we? You know, we've all yeah. got these marks. You know, what do you do to relax, James? Um, I paint. <laughs> That's, that comes up so often. Uh, that me, uh, it's like imagine. Um, I'm a, again. I, I I suffer a lot from mental health, you know, and as lots of people do. And you know, it's like a. I always say it's like having a, a sea in a uh, in a storm in my yeah. mind. It's like the, the waves crashing, and whatever. And and when you paint, it's all calm. So that helps me. I love running. I, I really like running that. That keeps me sane as well. Um, and also, um, you know, if I could be an alcoholic, then I, I, would, I would gladly be an alcoholic. <laughs> You're an apprentice. 
that's something that keeps me um, relaxed as well. But nice. unfortunately, I can't, I can't drink and paint at the same time. No. 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 Have you tried it? I have, yeah. I spoke to someone about this the other day, actually. It's strange. It's really strange. I, I did a painting of um, a friend of mine. Um, he, he, um, he went to prison as well, actually, like like yourself. But I painted him. Uh, I had a photo of him when he was young. So I did this. I was really drunk, and I did this painting of him. <laughs> took me, my paintings take me months, but this took me a couple of hours. Yeah. And in the morning, I looked at it. And there was shadows of bars going across the painting. Oh, wow. And I thought, and I didn't mean to paint that. So the painting was sort of discolored over the, it's showing these, these three shadows of bars. And I thought, yeah. I, I thought, God, what was going on there, you know? So, uh, yeah, I've not shown it to him yet. But, um, I think that's a, that could well be a, a good little um, social experiment, couldn't it? Get, um half a dozen portrait artists in a room, get them yeah. to draw um, a subject in maybe half an hour, a sketch, and then, yeah. you know, give them all a, you know, a good uh, lashing, <laughs> lashing of bows and then do the same again to see how it comes out. I love doing it. And I, I really, I, I'm firm, I'm a firm believer that when you, when you've had a few drinks, it just opens up the doors, you know, yeah. and you're, probably a bit more honest you know so um and braver and i would always i always want to be braver with my work always so uh, if i could be a an alcoholic and a painter then <laughs> superb james yeah. if there was you and five other artists past and present what would your yeah. ideal group show be well my favorite artist is caravaggio okay so he would be fantastic to go out with one night because obviously he's uh, he, he does like to murder people. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it would be it would be an experience, you know. I'd have yeah. Goyle. I went to the Prada and I saw the um, his black paintings. I don't know if you ever seen them. No. Traumatic. I would have Salvador Dali. Again, I think he's incredible and what a character. Um, I would probably have um, Picasso, and I'd have um, Vasquez. If I went out with those those five guys for a drink, I think it would be really entertaining. Yeah, you might not you might not see daylight again for a few no. months. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So <laughs> it would be the entertainment. You wouldn't want to get on the dark side of Caravaggio. No, definitely not. Um, but it would certainly be entertaining. If you wasn't an artist, James, what would you like to be? Um, well, I think that. I don't think I could get away from art. I'd love to teach art. If I had a dream, it would be to teach art to kids in Iraq or Syria or the Yemen. Oh, nice. Uh, or under, you know, threat constantly. Because I feel that art has helped me. It continues to help me. Um, you know, if I didn't do art, I would go mad. And I just feel that it can help these kids, you know, just escape from what they're going through. Yeah. So I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. Nice. You know, we're, we're meant to create. That's what we're here for, you know. You look at the caveman paintings all those years ago. We've always been creating. And um, I just feel time is so fast now, you know. Life yeah. is so fast that we've just forgotten that. We've forgotten that we need to just enjoy the moment and just just explore what's inside of us. You know? Yeah. 
well, this last 18 months has just shown the world that the benefits of just stopping, stepping back, reevaluating, and then sort of carrying on with a slightly different mindset, you know, and that's what most of us have done, even if it's inadvertently. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's a positive thing. I think it's, I think the world is beginning to realise that maybe we need to just slow down and appreciate what we've got stop destroying what we've got as well yeah just, uh, and and be a bit more um loving to people show a bit more empathy because we're all in this together now you know you know what we do affects everyone else covid has shown that and we need to look after each other and not see each other as enemies but see each other as as, as friends as you know we're all we're all one you know I, I spent my life in business seeing people as a threat i don't want to do that anymore you know, people aren't threats. You know, the, the gap is widening. I think they, I think during COVID, they said that it's the biggest uh, wealth shift ever towards the rich and away from the poor. And uh, that's, that's frightening. You know, when you've got the 10 richest guys in America having more wealth than 50% of the population. I know, it's bonkers, isn't it? You know, that's, that's not great. But hopefully, from a positive point of view, I do think people are now seeing what's going on and appreciating each other and realizing that we need to do something now. We need to change. And it's, I think there's big movements out there. It's good. It is good. You mentioned, I've just had something rattling around in my mind as we are talking. You mentioned that you moved out to France in two, six, uh, 2016. Are you still yeah. out in France and you just come back occasionally? You're... Came back about a year ago. Oh, you did? Before the crisis, yeah. Um, Which crisis, Brexit or? <laughs> well, Brexit didn't help. Brexit was a, a nightmare for us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that didn't help at all. But, um, yeah, COVID, yeah, we came back just before that. My wife um, missed her family. I mean, I love I love France. I, I, we lived in the south near near a place called Saray, which okay. is where uh, Picasso uh, and George Brack invented um, uh, Cubism. Nice. Big, big art influence over there. But yes, yeah, I, I loved it. I love the way of life. My kids are now fluent in French. Uh, I'm not, but they are. <laughs> it's but a good yeah, start for their for their life, isn't it? Eh? Well, you know, being so brave, they went from a, a school in England to a school over there, not knowing a word of French. Yeah. Not knowing anyone in the classroom. And yet they're fluent after after about three or four months. Brilliant. Like sponges, aren't they, the kids, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I've been trying for years and I just can't can't get it. You know? Have they got a little accent? Yeah, nice. they've got a southern accent in France, you know. So it's, yeah, it's great. I'm very, very, very proud of them, you know, I really am. There's a lot of bravery what they did, you know. Um, but yeah, we're back now. And uh, I miss it, but I think the kids are happy now. The education over here is is probably better than yeah. France. Uh, although the lifestyle over there is a lot slower and a lot more relaxed, and kids are kids for a lot longer there. You know, they're not yeah, grown good. Up. Well, James, what have you got coming up? Um, I've got Roy's. I've never done Roy's before, and I've heard really good things about Roy's. Yeah, Roy's Art Fair in uh, London is coming up. Can't wait for that. When's that? Um, that is the 12th of August to the 
15th, I think it is. Yeah. So Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Because I've done the other art fair, you get to talk to a lot of the other artists and they all recommend Roy's. They all say it's a good one. It hasn't got the corporate feel that um, the other art fair has, has built up over well, the last few years. You know, it seems to have got a bit more corporate. Um, but yeah, Roy's is, is very friendly, both for the artist and for the guest, you know? Yeah. I think that, you know, as you're trying to do with your podcast as well, and other people are trying to do, to get rid of the pretentiousness in art, you know, it's very pretentious and there's so many barriers. It's great to go to an art fair where the tickets are free. Anyone can come in, anyone yeah. can spend work. And uh, to get away from that environment where it's so sterile, you know? So I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's South Bank of London is my favourite place. I love it. Yeah, it's got a little buzz about it. It's like magical. I, I think it's incredible. Do you know the website that people can get tickets? Yeah, so it's www.roysartfair.co.uk, I think it is. And it's the old barge house, which is near the Oxo building. Yeah. Uh, on, the, um, on the South Bank. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It sounds as though it's going to be great. And I'm sure it will be. Um, I've got an exhibition in Berlin um, nice. at a gallery called the Stauerpunkt Gallery, uh, which is a group exhibition of portraits. I've never done that. I've never been to Berlin before, so I can't wait for that. And then next year, I've been invited to do the uh, to do the Venice Biennale by the European Cultural Centre, which is nice. Great. That's a, I was just about to say Berlin's a nice one to have on your CV, but. I think the Venice Biennale tops out a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I've got I've got to get loads of work done for that. So, but I can't wait. Again, I've never been to Venice. So, so it's great being an artist. You see these places, you know, you see see these incredible places. You meet so many good people. It's, it's fantastic. Well, I went to the Venice Biennale um, whenever it was, the last one. Was it nine, at the middle of 19? It was amazing. It was... I mean, not only is it an absolutely beautiful place to be anyway, yeah. the art was just everywhere. It, it, was, it was like living in a fucking dream. Everything was beautiful. And then to top all of that, you know, you go across a few bridges and there's artwork just like you've, you've never seen, you know, the amount that you've never seen. Yeah, well, hopefully come along next year and see it. It'd be great. Yeah, I'm look, looking forward to it. I'll have plenty of ice cream and plenty of red wine as well. Yeah. Going. Okay, well, that's all my questions. I asked James. It's been a pleasure speaking to you again, sir. Yeah, it's, it's lovely to talk to you. You know, it's, your story is an inspiration, you know. Oh, so, thank you, mate. No, it's good. And what you're doing for art is great. More people are doing what you're doing is so important. You know, as I said, need to make people aware that art is for everyone. You know, it's not for the chosen few. Definitely. Love doing this, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for your support, Gary. Oh, you're more than welcome, mate. It's brilliant what you do. And I'll, um, I'll see you sometime over Roy's. Yeah, see you soon. All the best, mate. See you later. Ta-da. Bye-bye. There you go. James Early. Didn't I tell you he's a nice fella? And being included in the Venice Biennale, that's not a bad old feather in the cap, is it? And what I love about speaking to people like James is that they drop these little nuggets of information that inform us of just how little effort we have to make to have an impact on someone else's life. 
Like he mentioned there, the survey of homeless people. 90% of them put conversation over food. So there's the thing. Next time you're passing a homeless person and you feel safe in doing so, you could just stop and say hello. It could make someone's day. How cool's that? And if you remember, James also mentioned that he supports a homeless charity up in Watford called New Hope. So next time you're on Instagram, go over to their page. Just have a little butchers at what they're doing. You'll find them at New Hope HQ. And on their profile page, you'll see their website link. If you press that, that takes you to their website, which is newhope.org.uk. But the good thing about that link, once you've pressed it and you land on their website page, up the top there, over on the right-hand side, is a donate button. So while you're there, if you're able, why not tap it and make a donation? And if you're not, just go back to their Instagram page, give them a few likes, leave a couple of comments. Always good to spread the love, right? At the end of this podcast, James mentioned that he was at Roy's Art Fair. It's on the South Bank at the Barge House, which is just under the Oxo Tower. It runs from Thursday the 12th to Sunday the 15th, and it's free admission. James did also give out Roy's website, although unfortunately he got the last bit wrong. It is in fact roysartfair.com. So that's about it from me. If you're at Roy's, hopefully I might bump into you there. And if you'd like a bonus episode of your own of the Ministry of Arts podcast, just drop us a line over on Instagram at ministryofarts.org. You can promote yourself, your exhibition, your gallery, any creative happening. It doesn't have to be visual arts. As you know, we're all about inclusion, so the rates are super affordable. But anyway, that's it from me. See you at Roy's. Ta-da! Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout-out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta-da. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.